0: The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of Reality Realty are not necessarily the views or opinions of Northumberland 89.7 FM. The information given is designed to be informative and helpful. You should always consult a professional when buying or selling your home. Hello Northumberland County, this is Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's Real Estate Talk Show. I'm Dale Bryant and I'm a real estate broker with Royal LePage, Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage and my co-host this morning is Bethany Sloggett and Bethany is the owner of Unique Kitchens and Bath in Baltimore. Good morning Bethany. Good
1: morning Dale.
0: How are you doing this morning? I'm great thanks, how are you? Good, good and uh, how's business been?
1: It's busy. Yeah? Yeah, very busy.
0: So you're working long hours?
1: We're lo- working lots of long and hard hours. Yeah. And we're having a great time, so that's good.
0: Well, that's great to hear. And what about you? What about me? B- business is extremely busy. And uh, I think the last two nights, I finally finished at the computer after midnight. And I just said, can't do it any longer. You've got to go to bed and get up and, and get back at it while I eat breakfast
2: there you
0: go yeah so you know what make hay while the sun shines yeah absolutely so bethany you've uh this is like a month now you've been on as co-hosts and so this is the first one though that you haven't had to produce the show
1: that's right it's the first time ever what do you know
0: yeah so it's a lot better feeling when you don't have to produce isn't it
1: (laughs) it's a little bit less stress
0: yeah absolutely well bethany uh we got a, a great show lined up today, and folks, Reality Realty is your local real estate forum where we take on, we talk about, and we interview guests on all things real estate with a direct focus on our county and all the communities within it. And I would like to just uh, make note of our sponsor of Reality Realty, uh, Royal Page Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. They have been kind enough to sponsor the show. They saw value in the show, and I uh, even had the the owner. And manager on some time ago, uh, Mark Rashad, Jeff Nelson. I need to get those folks on again sometime. They bring so much, so much experience uh, to, they have so much experience in real estate and bring so much to the show. So thank you to Royal LePage for being our sponsor. And Bethany, we got a call and show today.
1: Yay.
0: Yeah. So f- your first and show, and all the time, I've been on this uh, since, what, September, October, 2014. Only my second call-in show because one of our guests today, Erin Toms, she encouraged me sometime back, about about a month and a half ago, to do the call-in show. And so I, I dragged her on with me because uh, you know, it's it's nice to have it's nice to have backup and Erin is so good at the real estate and, and knows so much about real estate. And it's great to have the two of us in the studio handling your questions. So, folks, we got a call in show today, and you can call the station at 905 372 2391. We're going to start the call in in about 10 minutes from now. And you can give your call in question to Lane, and Lane will pass it to us in the studio. And you will also be able to uh, ask your questions via social media or text, and we'll give you more information about that as the call in section starts so this morning, Bethany, we have Caroline Bryant and Caroline 's mortgage broker with the broker financial group <coughs> and as I mentioned earlier, we have Aaron Toms and Aaron is a real estate sales representative with Northumberland hills Realty so and and having you here with unique bethany with unique kitchens and bath and we're going to be able to answer your your renovation questions on kitchens and baths where, your installation questions questions you have about design questions you have about real estate questions you have about mortgage financing we're going to be able to answer every single question because there's there's nothing we don't know right here in this studio, <laughs> right? Yeah. Isn't that a scary thing to say?
1: That's a great way to set client expectations, by the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I feel so brave this morning. I had a green tea. Maybe that's the difference. <laughs> so anyways, we're, we're also going to look at Bethany's uh, snapshot of our local real estate market. And your thoughts, which is a review of last week's Reality Realty Survey. So let's get right down to business and we'll look at Snapshot, which is a look at today's residential real estate market in Northumberland County. Bethany, last week I reported, uh, my report showed a slight dip in market activity and uh, this week though... We're right back at it. It is strong. So I was wondering last week, was it the beginning of a, a little trail down in our activity? But this week's report says no. The sales, this, uh, residential sales are up by six over last week's, week's report. Uh, we're at 190 residential sales over the past month. And that leaves us with an inventory of 362 residential listings for sale. The average selling price of successful sales over the past year has been approximately $318,000. That's a selling price. Does that seem like a, a big number for you, Bethany, in Northumberland County for an average?
1: I mean, it's definitely it's definitely going up, right? We have a wide range, it mm-hmm. seems, of inventory, and it's definitely um, an easy market, for lack of a better term, for some first time home buyers to get into. But I think we also have a really nice luxury market here as well. So yeah, we, have, it, we have a really great balance. We
0: have a bit of everything, and and uh, the numbers the numbers have just been climbing every week. And and I've mentioned it before, but I'm just I just I'm amazed by it because you know I'm I'm saying the this week's report we're reporting at three hundred eighteen thousand for an average price. Last week was three seventeen. The week before was three sixteen. Uh, week before was three fourteen. In that week, we went up two thousand dollars. So for for just a one week shift in the year to see a thousand dollar increase, it, it's just a reflection of how crazy busy this market has been. So people, over the past year, they've been receiving 97% of their asking price in a market time of 58 days. And that market time has been going down uh, pretty much every report. It's been going down for one, two, a couple weeks, and then uh, a couple weeks before that. So we are in a seller's market with an absorption rate of 52% based on the past month's trend. I research these Northumberland County statistics and calculate the absorption rate using information from List Central and List Central is a realtor component of the MLS system. If you're thinking of buying or selling a home, this is the kind of information that you should be wanting to see. It helps buyers know if what their offers are really like, if they're if it's a competitive, if it's a fair offer. It helps sellers know what to market their home for. So how do you get this information? Well, if you wanted this kind of information in Toronto, even though I'm a member of the Toronto Real Estate Board, you would likely not ask me because I am not familiar with the Toronto market. If you were looking for a home in Kingston, even though I can get all the information on Kingston Sales and, and listings, you would likely not ask me because I am not going to be your best choice. So, where do you get this information in Northumberland County? Well, you talk to your local realtor, and they have the information, and they understand the information about our local real estate market. We'll look at mortgage rates. Mortgage rates have been staying really steady, Bethany, for a while—steady uh, and low, which is better than steady and high. So, a five-year fixed is as low as. Two point three nine percent. That was really insightful, wasn't it? That is very. Yeah, insightful. I saw. I saw a little chuckle from our guests there, and I thought, yeah, okay. So, Captain Obvious, and so a five-year fix as low as two point three nine percent, and a five-year variable as still as low as two point two percent. And today's mortgage rates come to us from mortgage broker Carol Ann Bryant, who will be a guest on the show in a few ma- moments. And she is with the broker financial group, and that folks is a snapshot of today's residential real estate market in our Northumberland county so I'm going to put you on spot, Bethany okay okay, do you like when I say that
1: i it's my favorite thing in the world
0: <laughs> it was so full of beans, so anyways did you listen did you listen to last week's show
1: um no, okay. I'm sorry that I that I didn't. Um, I was I took the morning to stay active with clients, and um, it's very hard to listen to a talk show and talk to your clients at the same
0: time. Okay, so that was on the spot. So, you know what? At least you're honest. And, well, and, and if I'd said and yes, and you asked me a question, <laughs> I would have been in big trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> honesty yeah. is a very good policy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially on the radio. Yes, and and so last week. We we were talking about part of what we were talking about is collecting stuff around your home, and uh, we had we had a guest in from the dump man who helps to uh, clean up your house, get rid of stuff that you don't need. So the question we asked on our survey, it was a three part question, and the first question was, do you own stuff that's been in boxes or hasn't been used in over a year? So. Yeah, uh, I see some hands going up in the studio and my hands going up. And and so 80% of the people said, yes, they got stuff that they haven't opened for a year. Now, I I really should have stretched the question to maybe five years or 10 years after that. But I I just asked, how about after two years? Do you have stuff you haven't opened in two years? Well, the same 80%, (laughs) the same 80% said, yes. So, I mean, good for those people, that that 20% that don't have a, a box that's been unopened in, in over a year. Good for them. Uh, that's not me. So the the third question. So we all collect stuff in our house. And it's taken up space. And maybe we thought it was valuable when it went in there. But if it's years and years later... That stuff isn't gaining in value unless their boxes of gold or something. Oh,
1: it's certainly not gaining in value. My husband is definitely listening today. Okay. So I'm just going to put a little message out to him. We have a VHS recorder still in our house that Andrew is certain. Yeah. It's going to be like a record player in 50 years, and it's going to have value, and um, we can all just. Affirm that that's (laughs) not going to happen. It's time to get rid of the VHS box because we don't even have any VHS types anymore. We don't even. You got rid of those. Well, yeah. Yeah. But we still have the box. So maybe that box should go.
0: Okay. Well, you know what? I don't know. Andrew, maybe maybe there's some value there.
1: Um. Maybe we'll get 50% return on our money in the next, I don't know, 66 years.
0: Give it a test drive on Kijiji. See what people will be willing to pay. (laughs) So uh, the last question we asked, how difficult would uh, would you find it, the process of getting rid of the stuff you're not using? Well, oddly enough, even though 80% of us have all this stuff we haven't even opened, uh, 60% said, you know what? I think it's a sliding scale, one to five. So one being uh, not difficult at all, five being very difficult. Sixty percent of the people said number three. You know, eh, sorta, not sorta, and and um, and the rest of it was split up between one, uh, a one and a two on the scale. So people are saying not very difficult, but I guess we're just not getting around to it.
1: I guess also sometimes people do box and hold on to perhaps heirlooms and things that Mm -hmm. they want to save and share and go back to from time to time. And Mm -hmm. I guess that's really the big difference between um, holding on to things versus holding on to important things. And that might be a key driver in why some people might have a more difficult time. It could be emotional yeah rather yeah. than time spent
0: and and you just love having it in that box in Knowing the basement it's there. or in the attic or wherever mm. yeah wherever that is well folks those were your thoughts and uh, we we report on that and we do not have our survey ready for next week because real estate has been that busy but i will be working on it over the weekend and we will hopefully have something together for you next week this is just a reminder that the views and opinions expressed by me, co hosts, guests of the show, or any of the articles presented do not represent the views and opinions of this station, of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors, of any real estate brokerage, or of any other realtor. They're simply our views and opinions at this time. So I would like to introduce today our panel of experts. So, first of all, we have Aaron Toms. Aaron is a real estate sales representative with Northumberland Hills Realty. Welcome to the show again, Aaron.
3: Thanks, Dale, for having me again.
0: Uh, What's (laughs) the trail off in that again? (laughs) (laughs) Well, because,
3: you know, it was a last minute invite, like, you know yesterday. What are you doing tomorrow?
0: Yeah, you know, I have to admit. Okay. So, so you know what? We're having we're having full disclosure here. I put Bethany on the spot. You're you're being full disclosure. I'm putting <laughs> you on the spot. <laughs> you're putting me on the spot, <laughs> which is fair enough. And and truly, I was wondering, is this going to have to be a repeat show today because there's just so much real estate business going on and and then Aaron I thought of you and I thought of Carol and I said, oh, between Aaron, Carol Ann, Bethany and myself, we can do another question period because it went so well and 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 i think of you and then and then you do that to me right there <laughs> <laughs> sorry i couldn't help it yeah. i was
3: kind of wondering okay is he really like stuck for somebody so oh, no. okay yeah aaron will do it <laughs> you know? no. or did you actually want me here yes, i was absolutely. you know i lost sleep last night thinking about this uh, uh
0: yeah and now <laughs> now we got the first lie of the show <laughs> so and i'd also like to introduce my wife carol ann bryant and Carol is a mortgage broker with the Broker Financial Group. And welcome back to the show, Carol
2: Good morning. I was also asked yesterday as well. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure.
0: Wow. <laughs> the, the <things> Three
2: against <laughs> one, Dale.
0: <laughs> the things you don't see coming. <laughs> but maybe I should have saw it coming. And, and, and uh, naturally, we have Bethany Sloggett. And a reminder, Bethany is the owner and operator of Unique Kitchens, and Bath, and Bethany is involved in the design work in, in kitchen and bath installations and renovations, and uh, yeah. And so we have a panel here, folks, a real estate panel that you can ask your questions. Now, if you are wanting to call in, you can call into our station, and our station number is nine zero five three seven two twenty three ninety one call in give your question to lane and lane will pass it on to us so Bethany, what's the best way if somebody wants to ask you uh, would you do you have a text can people text with social media or or would it be best just to call into the station
1: definitely best to call into the station okay. um, i didn't bring my phone today cuz it usually rings during the you show didn't bring
0: <laughs> your phone to the call in show okay all right we're so call <laughs> the, the station call the station aaron uh, how can people contact you is uh, texting uh, texting 905-376-0246 905-372-0646. You can
3: no, 905-376-0246. Okay. Good try, Dale.
0: And so text <laughs> Aaron any of your questions. Carol Ann, how can people get a hold of you?
2: Uh, yeah, they can text me too, 289-251-2948.
0: 289-251-2948. <laughs> I better not not know that one. <laughs> so folks, uh, go ahead and start, start texting your questions. And we did have a few questions before we even got into the show. And who wants to start with uh, their question? I think Carol Ann and Aaron both of you had a question before we, we even started.
3: Um, actually, I have a f- few here. Um, Katrina wanted to know that when you buy a house from a different realtor than the listing realtor, do you have to pay two fees? So if you use your own realtor to buy a listing, that's with some listed with somebody else. Mm-hmm. As a buyer are you paying two fees?
0: And the answer part is? No. No.
3: <laughs> you're not paying any fees. That's right. As a buyer, so.
0: Yeah, so uh, and this and that question was from Katrina. Katrina. So Katrina when when that person listed their home, they had an agreement with the listing realtor they were working with. They had an agreement for whatever commission that they worked out and whatever realtor you're using Uh, that we would refer to them as a cooperating realtor, and that realtor will be paid by your listing realtor's company. You will pay no more because uh, another buyer came in with their own realtor. Oh, you will pay nothing, but the seller will pay no more because the cooperating broker came in. It's been something that's been agreed upon right from the get-go. Good question, because we, we just think everybody knows this, don't we, Aaron?
3: Yep, I, uh, I guess we kind of take it for granted. You know, we deal with it all the time that we just assume people know that as a buyer, you're not paying any commission. So
0: yeah, I mean, there there is an exception though, isn't there?
3: Oh, with um, you know, private sales, um, you know, oftentimes that can happen where the buyer is going to have to pay into a commission with the realtor that they're using for representation. Um, sometimes too, if you know, they have a buyer agreement signed with an out-of-town realtor and they've got it signed for 2.5%, whereas, you know, the listing side may only be offering 2. You know, they may have to pay their realtor that extra half a percent
0: on the sale. Yeah, depending on what they agreed on in a buyer representation agreement, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, exceptions, but for the most part, you're, you're not going to pay a dime dime for that. Carol looks like you're ready to... Uh, Sure. Repeat a question here. Um,
2: so question, how do I know what I can afford? That's a good question. Um, so typically how that's calculated on the mortgage side is your total housing costs. So that's including your mortgage principal and interest payments, heating and housing taxes. That goes into a <coughs> excuse me, calculation and it can't exceed 32% of your gross monthly income, Uh, your total debt load. So that's including your home costs, which I just mentioned, and other debts such as credit cards, car loans, lines of credit, uh, any other kind of personal loans that you might have. And that can't exceed 40% of your total gross income. And if you're falling within that range, that means that you can afford that house.
0: So so in the mortgage broker lender industry, you would refer to those as debt service ratios? Yeah. And, and now, now the other consideration would be a down payment, wouldn't it?
2: Well, of course, yes. Yeah. Yes, you so. have to have your down payment. There's not 100% financing available.
0: So what kind of financing is available nowadays?
2: 5% is the minimum if you qualify. So if you are you have 5% down and y- we run those figures and you're within that uh, debt service ratio that like you're not above those ratios, then you can buy it with 5%. If the ratios are too high, then you either have to buy a less expensive house or come up with more money for the down payment or pay off a debt that you have that's sh- potentially throwing your ratios off.
0: Mm-hmm. And And then, okay, so there, I mean, that's, that's the part where you can, uh, you're determining what you can afford. Right. So you're looking at your lender, your mortgage broker is looking at your debt service ratios. Yeah, they're looking at your down payment if you have 5%. And then you might think you are just scot-free and off to the races.
2: <laughs> yes, Um well, okay, so that's what can you afford. I mean, obviously the other components of your approval are your credits and your job history, but I would say even aside from those ratios, that you should sit down and figure out what your budget is. Do a budget and sort of plug in some numbers. What if I was paying this much for a mortgage or this much and this much for property taxes, especially if you've never owned a house before and you've rented and do that budget and see because that those ratios that i gave you that's at the high high end so your most of your income is going to cover those expenses you mm-hmm. you're not going to have a lot of uh, you know extra cash during the month and maybe you don't want to live that way
0: no living would be tight well listen folks we're we're already at our first break you've been listening to reality realty northumberland 897 fm's local real estate talk join us after this break we'll be answering more of your real estate questions so Think about what question you have about uh, renovations in your home, about the actual real estate transaction or the financing, and we'll be answering your questions as soon as we get back. Welcome back. This is Dale Bryant and Bethany Sluggett on Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with our guest today, Carol Ann Bryant, mortgage broker with the Broker Financial Group. And Aaron Toms, Realtor with Northumberland Hills Realty. So, Bethany, you have a question.
1: I do. Um, It came in from one of our listeners. The question is actually really, I would say, more focused on Carol Ann. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also service, we we get asked this question actually quite often, which is I'm kind of deciding on whether or not I want to renovate my existing house or whether I want to sell it and move into something else. The biggest question we get is if I don't have the available cash necessarily what are my options for home equity lines or pulling equity out of my house and when is the best time to do that and how do I budget for that renovation So
2: yeah good good question So there's two two ways you can access equity out of your home and that is by refinancing your existing mortgage, and you're allowed to refinance up to 80% of the appraised value of your home. So if you have enough equity in your home and you think that those numbers are going to work, um, that's a way to do it. You wanna make sure though that in doing that, you don't have a massive penalty mm-hmm. if you're in the middle of your term. So, I mean, that's a simple enough um, calculation for a mortgage broker to do, to, to run those numbers. The other thing is, uh, you mentioned the home equity line of credit. Again, you have to have a significant amount of equity in your home. So you're allowed to refinance up to 80%. So you would take whatever 80% of the appraised value is your ho- of your home is, you subtract what your existing mortgage is, and then the difference between that and 80% is what you can have on a secured line of credit. As long as that secured line of credit in total doesn't exceed 65% of the value of the home it, it the line of credit is actually um, handy because you can use it uh, as you need and and you so then you only pay on the money that you've drawn down and then once you and you can pay it off completely in full without a penalty the line of credit so some people prefer that method um, you can make interest only payments on it if you wish or you can set it up as a set payment there's a lot of flexibility with that so those would be the two ways um, there's not really a a good time, other than other than you'd want to see what your penalty is if you were refinancing. That would be timing wise. So,
1: just to, I just want to make sure I understood what you heard. So, I think what I heard you say is, um, obviously, at any time where you're going into a renegotiation or you're going into renew your mortgage, is a great time to be able to pull more equity because it's would likely be going to be penalty free. Yep. And if you're in between those two periods, considering something like a home equity line or even a separate line of credit might actually help you bridge the gap between where you are in your term, and then you might be able to roll that back into your mortgage when you refinance
2: again later? Would that be Um, possible? So an unsecured line of credit, you can do like midterm if you don't want to break your mortgage, Mm -hmm. um, you can... But an unsecured line of credit is at a higher rate of interest, Absolutely. so some people like the secured line of credit. Right. So okay, um, it, you can you can find out whether it's going to work for you or not. And mm-hmm. but yeah, the the unsecured you could do, um, but then you just want to make sure in the end when your term is up, you do have the equity. You're going to have the equity to roll that unsecured line of credit in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
0: Perfect. All right. I got a real estate question came in, uh, and and Aaron, you tell me you tell me if you want. Me to answer? Or you answer? That, uh, we The question is, who pays for a condo status certificate, the buyer or the seller?
3: Well, traditionally, it's been the buyer. However, you are with this market seeing more sellers actually having it ready, you know, when they're listing, ordering the status certificate. So then, you know, when a buyer comes in, it's there, ready. It's, you know, less time to firm up conditions that way. So it could be either or.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's one of those negotiating points, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If you're a if you're a buyer coming in and and you're wanting, you're wanting a really good price on that condo, you might not, y- you know, you're, you're likely not going to ask the seller to pay to for that. It, yeah, yeah, you're going to say, listen, I'm I'm really focused on that price. So yeah, folks, um, the buyer or the seller. I I had I actually had a, a couple come in here, and and this is a neat one. Uh, Aaron and and uh, I I just wonder how I wonder if we should ask this real estate question to uh, Bethany or Ann, see what they think uh, so right. so let's go there first and yes. then and then and then we'll see what happens there so uh, Bethany and Carolyn you have a dispute on an item in a, tra- a real estate transaction and the deal is closed and somebody says the the buyer gets into the house and they go hey something's wrong here i don't i don't like how this is and i don't believe this should have been this way how do you go about resolving this issue yeah let's just put it right there do you want a crack at it first what how would you what would you think to do caroline
2: um i would call my real estate agent and then Explain what has gone on, and then I would think likely you would want to discuss it also with the lawyer who handled your transaction. Yeah.
0: What, what are your thoughts, Bethany?
2: I think that I would probably just call my lawyer.
0: Yeah. Well, Aaron, why don't you be the uh, the uh, final court of arbitration here?
3: I like <laughs> Bethany's answer better. <laughs> like
0: yeah. Well, that's because <laughs> you, you're, you don't want to hear about it.
3: Well, not only <laughs> that, I mean... <clears throat> We aren't lawyers, right? So when there's a dispute, that's not where our field lies, right? So, I mean, whether it be a well, a refrigerator not working, or a burner out in a stove, I mean, what are we supposed to do about it? We Mm. can't advise, you know, our sellers on how to proceed and things like that. At least we shouldn't be advising them. The only thing we should be advising them to do is to contact their lawyer. And at that point, I think it should get settled there.
0: Yeah, but oddly enough, people... I mean, if you just want to talk it out and try and get and just try and figure out what's what, you know, maybe talking to your realtor just to just to gather the information to talk to your lawyer. I can see that possibly being something you would do. But but so often uh, I think that the realtors, they, they do get the call first and then the realtors feel like they're they're defending their client. To the other realtor, and, and quite often the, it goes realtor to realtor, and, and the conversations aren't, aren't often just, uh, listen, I'll pass on your message. They're, it's almost like they're uh, de- defense lawyers in, in court.
3: Well, yeah, you do. You have your little um, you know, pretend courtroom, and you're battling back and forth, which is why I'd prefer if any of my clients that have an issue like that just call their lawyer, because it does happen. And we do want to defend our clients right so we do get that we're humans we get that Mm -hmm. natural thing to defend them however I think by doing the realtor-to-realtor thing even if trying to handle it you know friendly and things like that the potential to make the situation worse than it already was is there so you know
0: yeah deal is done talk to your lawyers absolutely ladies do we have any any more questions that came in here
3: Um, well Katrina had a second question when oh, listing your house, you, I know she's got lots of questions for me. Clearly, yeah. I'm not doing my job well.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think uh, I think you likely are. Uh,
3: but when listing a home, and you have several realtors come in and give you a price on your home, how can some of them be so different than the next person's price? Wow.
0: Well, well, how do you answer that, Erin?
3: I don't know. I was that's why I was asking you. Dad. Oh, you're asking me. <laughs> okay.
0: So what could be happening there? All right. So I, I'm thinking, Katrina, a few things could be happening. One, okay, a few things that happen <laughs> in the industry. I'm, I'm just trying to think on my feet here, but a few things that happened in the I- industry did, did and, and some of them, I mean, potentially, some of them couldn't, it could possibly be less than noble intentions, right? So if we think of the less than noble intentions, maybe a realtor's coming in, and they know that this uh, seller is only having them come in, and they, they, it's possible, and I know it's happened before, but it's possible that Realtor could uh, come up with a low price and just looking for an easy sale. Now that 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 was scarier a couple of years ago. If somebody came in with a low price for an easy sale, you come in with a low price now. You're going to fetch yourself multiple offers, and the sky's the limit. So, yeah. but I mean that's one thing, and, and and maybe and and if it's intentional to market slightly lower, then you, that's something that would be discussed with you, the seller. The other thing is, and there's we, we even have a phrase for it in real estate, and it's called buying a listing. And so if a, if a couple realtors are going in, and they know they're competing with other realtors, and one way you could compete is to tell them, Maybe your marketing plan has an edge over other realtors. Maybe your experience. Maybe your education. You know, there's different things you could do. But maybe you're gonna you're you're gonna try and win this listing by giving them an inflated price, whether it's realistic or not. And that in our industry is called buying the listing. And they'll deal with they they get their you to sign the paper. You, they get their uh, sign on the lot, and they'll deal with getting your price to come down realistic later. Now, I'm not saying any realtor in Northumberland County would ever even consider doing that. But it is it is something that exists, and it exists enough that there, there's a phrase for it. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking, Bethany?
1: Well, I guess I'm not a realtor, as we all know. Um, I've hired many realtors. We've done quite a bit of real estate transactions in the last few years. And I think that often... Clients or homeowners like the person who tells them the most of what they already thought. So if you're validating all my thinking, then you know what? You're probably the person for me. And I think that that's probably where a little bit of that buying the listing comes from. Yeah. Um, I think that homeowners or anybody who's about to list their house also needs to spend some time educating themselves so that they can ask some of the right questions. So as a homeowner, if you want to be able to prevent yourself from um, having someone buy your listing, for example, or giving you information and then backing you out later. Some of the things that you should ask for prior to meeting with your agent is please come in. Perhaps ask them to have some market comps available so you can see what's happened in the last three months within your region or in your territory, what those houses look like. Um, ask them for their gut instinct. If this was your home, what would you be doing? What would your marketing plan be? Give them less about you and ask more questions about what they think. And I think you'll find that you'll get far more honest answers up front versus always saying exactly what you want. You're basically allowing people to ice your own cake at that point. Mm-hmm. Is that fair?
0: Well, and and uh, I mean, if I go in and I give a market valuation, I'm not just saying this is my number. Just trust me. Right. I bring in the documents and mm-hmm. I say, listen, what I did... I got information you can't get, but yeah. I I got this information and this isn't rocket science. It should be able to make sense to you. Yes. So so if it doesn't make sense, let's talk about it. And uh and, and then the other the, the, the third the third thing I can think of is why do the why do the prices vary is because somebody just didn't get it right.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well what do you think of those answers, Aaron?
3: Well I think they're good. Um anybody that I know we also have like a similar approach to coming up with a price we do our cma we bring comps or show the comps somehow some way in our listing presentations but you know mistakes can be made some people could be you know comparing a property that's really not comparable and that one property could throw the whole thing off so it could just be human error you know
0: yeah, uh, absolutely. So, I mean, if there's an, if, if, and you don't base a, a value off of one or two homes, I mean, there's a lot of things to look at. So then you start to look at, it did all the homework I do line up? Did it all, did one piece of homework and one piece of research validate the other piece? And so it's, it's bigger. It's bigger than what it first would appear to be.
3: And depending to where the realtor is from, like maybe in Katrina's situation, the one of the realtors she had wasn't a local realtor. So maybe mm-hmm. they didn't have access to what our local sales have been. So they based it on what their market's like in their area. That sort of thing can happen as well.
0: And and, and even more than that. So you, like I said earlier, if you want a, a price of a home in Toronto, even though I, I'm a Toronto member and I have full access to everything, I'm not the guy to come to because one, I've, I've likely never walked in that home. When you're dealing with Northumberland County and, and you're going back, Aaron, and looking at comparables and you're seeing them online, you go, okay, I'm going to use that one. That's, a, that's really close to my subject property. There's a good chance you've even been in the oh, house. Absolutely. And so you're not just going off of these pictures. You've, you've seen it firsthand possibly. So yeah. Yeah, a ton of value in, in that. So that's your question uh, about, uh, about why... They can be uh, they can be different. Bethany, do you have anything else that came in?
1: I I don't right now. No,
0: okay. Uh, you ladies, do I ha- I have something here, but uh, do you ladies have something first?
2: I <coughs> I have one.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Which I
2: think is a good one, um, really good one actually. What do I need to do after I'm approved and I'm waiting for the closing date? So there's a couple of things. That you should, and or should not do. Oh, what's once your financing, been, yeah, your once financing? you've been approved, yeah. yeah what, what? So, um, number one, uh, keep your credit in good standing. So, by that I mean, um, keep paying your bills on time. Do not go out and start racking up bills on your credit card because you're shopping for stuff for your new home. Uh, and, and don't go out and do the deferred payment plans. Don't go to the brick and get a bunch of furniture on a deferred plan or appliances. Do not do that because there is in your commitment letter, and hopefully your broker or bank has gone over this with you, that says if there has been any material change to your situation during the before the closing date, um, the, the commitment letter is void. Like they can cancel your funding. So um, they will... Oftentimes, check your credit bureau prior to closing date, the lender. And if there's been any major changes, uh, that could kill your deal. Another one that seems kind of obvious, don't quit your job. <laughs> if you got approved <laughs> because you were working, <laughs> yeah. keep working. If you, you all of a sudden something bad happens at work and you can't stand it anymore, just suck it up until you get the keys in your hand and then do what you want to do after that. And in keeping with that sort of line of thinking, um, don't make any changes. So, so don't leave, um, one employer and go to another employer, um, that's in a completely different field that, because they, again, they'll verify your employment to make sure you're working. Um, if you get a promotion in your, in your job during that time, that, that's great, obviously, you know, that's an improvement, but, um,
0: yeah. What, what, Whatever you had going to get the financing, keep it going.
1: Keep it going. Keep yeah. it going. So, so that's a question. I, I'm just going to ask it because some, some people will get pre-approved, let's say, and they're, they're closing on a new build, for example, is going to be six, eight, nine months away. Mm-hmm. What happens if you're... Hypothetically speaking, working for Rogers as a communications manager, right. and you're offered a promotional role at Bell, this yeah. is a hot market. Recruiters are calling people every day. I own my own business. I yeah. probably get four recruiter reaches out in a week. Um, what
2: do you do then? Like, Let's say there's a $30,000 yeah.
1: raise well, sitting that's between okay. one company and another.
2: Yeah, that's okay. You're still staying in the same field. Okay, It's people who will move to a, diff- a completely different industry and, and there's a pay decrease, or they're on probation now for three months. Right. So anything that's going to lower your income mm-hmm. is bad. If you're raising your income in the same profession, so that is if fine, as long as you're not on probation.
1: <laughs> so if I'm a human resources manager that's working for Peak Engineering, yes. and I'm offered a position to go to Rogers, that's a completely different industry, yes. but I'm in my same role, i.e. I'm a human resources manager. Fine. I get my, promo- or my probationary period voided yes. with my new employer, That's great. then I'd be okay. okay. All right. That's okay.
0: I would think also as long as you're guaranteed the same hours. Like if you're making more money per hour, but you're not guaranteed as many hours, that, that comes into play too, doesn't it?
2: It does. Now, so again, with the, with the job, changing jobs, usually at the point, you know, at some point, if you have a condition of financing, they've, they the lender has already uh, called your employer to verify you're there. So the chance of them calling your employer again before closing, I'm not entirely sure that ever happens, but it's always best just to be on the safe side and don't don't do anything major, no major changes that's going to change your income before closing.
0: Alright, well listen, we're we're already at our last break. Folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty, Northumberland 897 FM's local real estate talk. Join us after this break and we'll be answering more of your real estate, mortgage financing, and kitchen and bath home improvement questions. Welcome back. This is your real estate forum, Northumberland 897 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. Bethany Sloggett and our guest today, Aaron Toms, realtor with Northumberland Hills Realty and Carol Ann Bryant, mortgage broker with the Broker Financial Group. So in our last, our our small last segment, all of a sudden we got all these questions that just came rolling in. Uh, Aaron, I think you, you had one that's directed to Bethany.
3: Yeah, actually my neighbor was wanting to know, well it was more of something she stated to me um, A couple years ago, she redid her kitchen, and she was exploring countertop options. And the person she had do her kitchen told her not to waste the money on granite and just put in a laminate countertop because he told her she would never see her money back on the granite.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's Um, what I thought. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, obviously, I, I work in the industry, so I do believe that the work we do always garnishes an ROI. Um, It's nice sitting in the room with agents who can verify. Our understanding is that um, any kitchen renovation will typically return you back approximately 40% as long as you are still renovating within your market comp. So you don't want to over renovate. So we often use a formula to be able to help clients see what their house could be worth and what they could spend on their kitchen renovation to bring it up to max value. I believe that um, quartz and granites and solid surfaces essentially are very much something that adds value to the home. Um, I'm not a realtor, but I'm going to guess that you often hear when you walk into a home and you see an arborite or laminate surface, people do say things like, oh, we're going to have to replace the countertops. And mentally, um, when someone sees work that they need to do to be able to bring the house up to where they want, my understanding is that's when they start to kind of bring an offer in that's lower and starts to accommodate for those things in their budget. So I completely disagree. I think that uh, clients should spend within their means and within their budgets, and if they have the budget to do a quartz or a granite countertop, that 100% they're going to be able to get the value out of that.
0: What do you think, uh, Erin? Bethany gave us a 40%. Uh, what, what, What do you think about that percentage?
3: Oh, I don't know, Dale. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm on the spot now. I haven't really. I think
0: really it's. Thought. I, think I think it's, it's a little low. I think. I think you might even get a higher return than that. But but then again, you're I- you're only as strong as your weakest link. Right. I mean, if you got 1950 cover cupboard, 1950 cupboards, mm-hmm. and yeah, you're exactly. and you're painting them. And, and you have no backsplash, and you put on a this quartz countertop, quartz, yeah. then you oh. might you might get way less than your Dale, 40%. you're speaking
1: my language. I can't even tell you how many clients I've walked away from in the last year who have actually come in to buy solid surfaces that they want to put on very old um, cabinets. They say it's for resale value, and I say mm. the hard part is, is that you're going to spend the money on this, but the buyers are going to look at your existing cabinetry and that stone is garbage because mm-hmm. it will never fit their new kitchen, their new layout. Um, too many things change. The trend is not what it used to be in terms of the layout. People are going to blow out walls. That, that stone is never going to fit that again. Mm-hmm. And I'm as, sometimes I think that I do myself a disservice because I actually back away from the business because I don't think they're making the right decision. And I want people to know that I care about them more long term than just in the next five minutes to make a sale.
0: But uh, but on the other hand, if you have kitchen cabinets that are good quality, maybe they're older, maybe, maybe they're 15 years old, but they were good quality cabinets, mm-hmm. and you're going to give them a facelift, either a restain or a repaint, new hardware, and you're thinking about adding that uh, countertop, I'm thinking that could be a good play, depending on, you know, you've got to look at that whole house too. If you only have one room that's completely outside what the whole rest of the house is, or, or are you keeping in in? in I context? I look at a
1: room. I don't just look at the cabinetry. I look at the flooring. If it's an mm-hmm. old linoleum floor that's kind of sticking to the bottom of the cabinets, I don't understand how granite adds value. People are going to see that they have to remove the floors. Yeah. Once you start removing floors, you might as well remove cabinets. Like it, it. People just start to see that the renovation effect goes like it a domino, right? right? It just starts to snowball. So I don't think that putting granite in in an older um, kitchen that the flooring isn't presenting well, that the cabinets aren't presenting well, that your paint isn't presenting well, that your light fixtures aren't presenting well. Like, there's a whole kinds of things you can't solve the whole world and problems in putting granite in. But definitely, if you're doing a new kitchen and you're looking to get the most ROI for your money, finish it off with a quartz surface or a granite surface and a nice backsplash under cabinet lighting, and I think that you're going to be able to present a room that's definitely going to give you return on
0: investment. mm mm-hmm. Aaron, here's one for you. How? Where is it here? How <laughs> fast can a real estate transaction close?
3: Um, I've, fastest I've ever seen is two weeks. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, I mean they they need they need to have time for different things.
3: Yeah, title search things like that. Right now, it might be difficult to get something to close in two weeks. Every lawyer is super busy right now, so yeah. you know the quicker closings might not be as attainable as they may have been two three years ago. But
0: and yeah. and then. Uh, Carolyn, uh, if somebody needs financing for that quick close, there, there's going to be red flags go up, isn't there, yeah, for l- lenders?
2: Lenders do scrutinize that a little bit closely because that is a sign of potential mortgage fraud, but I would, ag- I would agree two weeks. Uh, I have done um, stuff in less than two weeks, but um, that has been in a slower time, and the lawyer has said in advance that they're willing to do that, but generally the lawyer wants 14 days to, to do their part and lenders you know need time to review documents and that but um, yeah I would agree
0: yeah I think I did a piece of vacant land I had a buyer that bought vacant land last year in about 10 days but the buyer didn't need any financing it was vacant land it was pretty uh, clear-cut deal and and it was a struggle and it was in off season. it was in December so the lawyers weren't that busy but, yeah, that's two weeks. Two weeks is fast, uh, a normal closing date uh, period. What would you say, Aaron, for normal closing dates?
3: Um, probably 30 to 60 days. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, Carol did you have a question?
3: I, I actually have
2: my own question for Bethany, uh, listening to what she was saying, and that is, um, what would she say are um, some new trends for kitchen renovations or bathroom renovations now?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so... I would definitely
1: say um, in kitchens, color is coming back with a vengeance. Um, We're seeing a lot of royal blues and navy blues, um, a lot of different textures. So polyester is actually coming back into doors, which sounds so weird, but it is. And it's because it just offers such a magnitude in terms of what you can do with it. And I think we talked about this on another show. We have a polyester door that really, really looks and feels like driftwood um exotic woods old woods it's very hard to bring those materials into your home so they're mimicking them and they're stunning and it's um it's definitely on trend brass is back believe it or yeah. not um you're gonna see a lot of really really dark black cabinetry navy blues um with with uh brass brass handles and whoever thought we'd be seeing that again so I know if you got them don't change them paint your cabinetry black you'll be fine <laughs> um I'm just trying to think about other things. I, I would actually say that it's such a wide range. There's trends that are hitting, like, on point with modern, with contemporary, with transitional, with traditional. Um, but it's basically a fair game now. Trend is to entertain at home. The trend is to have a nice big island. It's it's being able to have a nice wine rack. It's having beverage centers. It's I would honestly say that the number one trend that we're seeing is that people – love to be home and enjoy their homes and we're creating spaces that have a vast amount of form and a lot of function and honestly if you're creating really nice livable spaces and you're working with great layouts then almost anything goes in terms of what you put inside of your kitchen in terms of bathrooms we are seeing a lot of custom showers Um, I would say the amount of custom showers that we're doing compared to some of the more standard showers is insane. So benches and niches and lighting and custom cut glass um, are all things that are really coming into play. Showers are becoming a big feature um, in a room. And um, honestly, some of the other things around it are just uh, kind of staying very mute and neutral. But the showers are really making everything pop.
3: Okay.
0: Erin, here's a question for you. How much is considered to be a sufficient deposit when purchasing a home?
3: (laughs) Well, that varies. Um, You know, typically around here, I often recommend my buyers do maybe Mm -hmm. $1,000. Just it's out of pocket. It's cashed. It's held in a broker's trust account. It's money that they're not going to have available until, you know, that property closes that, you know, it's not in their pocket again. If the deal falls apart, you're then waiting on that money to return and, you know, you could potentially need that to put towards, you know, a new property, a new offer. So, you know, the smaller the deposit for for a buyer's perspective, I think it's better. So. Can I ask a question to build yeah. on that? What if you're in a
1: multiple offer situation and you know you are? So if there's three offers that are going in and you're in a competing place, does every single offer come with a $1,000 deposit that all gets put in or do they typically only take the deposit for the one that they're working it's with? It's upon acceptance, usually okay. upon mm-hmm.
3: acceptance. Sometimes people will put it in like herewith, but mm-hmm. uh, often it's upon acceptance. So. Okay.
0: Yeah, and, and that and that deposit. I, I totally agree. Uh around here a thousand dollars is uh is our most common number we see mm-hmm. in GTA. They would laugh at that. Yeah. They're they're <laughs> looking for a five percent. But one of the considerations too is if, if you're if something goes south on that deal and conditions mm-hmm. aren't met and there needs to be a mutual release there 's different brokerages around our area that are operating in our area that will get you back your deposit in in different times I mean if it was a if it was a, a bank draft or certified check you 're likely to get that back within a, a couple days. Mm-hmm. But if you did a personal check, uh, some brokerages want that most brokerages want that to sit in their account for ten up to ten days. They might not use all ten. But they, they say it could take up to 10. And, and, and I've even heard a brokerage in in around here that's over d- like 20, I, I forget what it was, like 21 days or 26 days to get your money back. So what you got to think, if you put too much down on deposit and maybe a home inspection doesn't work out and you want to back out, now all of a sudden you've lost that deposit for your next purchase mm-hmm. because you're not getting it back for up to whatever that... The amount of time and is. then
1: sometimes the the conditions in which something fell apart um, Andrew and I had an offer fall apart uh, in Brighton and the relationship with the seller wasn't great yeah um, it fell apart over a, a big septic bed issue and he held on to the mutual release for like 15 days before he signed it yeah. so he had us a little bit straddled as yeah. well so sometimes the relationship with the buyer can come into play too
0: well listen I, I personally have two more questions here but we have zero times so I would like to thank uh, Carol Ann. Th- thank you very much for joining us today as a guest again.
2: You're welcome, and,
0: Dale. And Aaron, thank you so much. You're welcome, Dale. And, uh, and Bethany, thank you for joining me as a co-host thank again you. today. Yeah. And and we'll be on again next time. If uh, If you have any questions or comments about today's show or pertaining to your next kitchen and or bath renovation, feel free to contact Bethany by dialing... Nine zero five three seven two forty two fifty. 905-372-4250. And if you have any real estate questions, you can contact me, Dale Bryant, by emailing dale at dalebryant.ca or call into the radio station at 905-372-2391 and leave us a message. If you would like to get in contact with Carol Ann or with Aaron, give me a call. Give the station a call. We're, 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 I'm afraid we're out of time, but I will patch you through to them or the station will patch you through to them. So... Don't forget to join us next week at 11 a.m. until 12 noon on Thursday for Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM, Truly Local Radio. Until next week, folks.